Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Detroit Lions Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Kenya. With me, as always, is Eric Schlitt from prideofdetroit.com. Eric, we've been missing for a couple of weeks. We learned that Kansas City won the Super Bowl. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> um, so that's out of the way. San Francisco, you know, they, they could beat us, but they just couldn't get past Patrick Mahomes and company. Uh, oh, yeah. Where we're at right now, the Lions are going to pick 29th in the upcoming NFL draft. And yep. We're going to talk a little bit about the roster today. Yeah, I think we uh, it's a it's a good time to just kind of reset where the the roster is. We'll talk about needs today, and then um, maybe you know at least get an idea of you know where they might be looking for the draft or free agency because that's coming down the pipe real fast. Uh we'll have to do our combine preview episode next week cuz the combine starts uh next Thursday. Then the uh you get a week break where we'll get a chance to review and then free agency is right around the corner and then things start moving fast. The first couple of weeks of free agency are always intense and then by that time you're um almost at April and you're preparing for the NFL draft. Uh so Lots to do, lots to cover. Uh, so let's just get everything set, make sure we know where we're at, and uh, set the table for the next uh, several weeks of uh, of podcast. Yeah, so we'll get started first off of the quarterback position, as always. Um, under contract for next season, Jared Goff, Hendon Hooker. Everybody's aware of all that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Three players that finished the season, you know, as Lions, right? Teddy Bridgewater, who's technically an unrestricted free agent but not really because he's retired he's he's done yep. right he's, yeah he's, i already he, took a coaching job uh in, well, where's in teddy bridgewater coaching high school he wanted to coach high school football and really? so that he, yeah he got a job at his alma mater well that was a mistake could have started somewhere <laughs> higher than that right. uh, uh nate sudfeld um who i don't know we, did we see him at all during the obviously we didn't you know golf we saw him, pass yeah we saw him through um in the preseason, pre-season? Then he, yeah yeah then he, he, he tore his acl and that's uh, right had, that's right yeah i'm people i mean look you're not alone in forgetting about where nate sudfeld was um you'd see him occasionally around allen park but uh for the most part he's not been a guy who's been present um i don't recall ever seeing him on the sidelines or at games uh and then um you know it's an interesting if he's healthy he could be an interesting uh filler guy number we'll three quarterback yeah. yeah yeah and we'll talk about that in a second and who's the third guy david blau who uh also unrestricted free agent but unlike bridgewater made the smart move retired <laughs> and now he's with the washington commanders right so he's starting at right not at the top but he's starting like right at the nfl spot. level yeah nfl assistant, level in his 20s assistant quarterbacks coach so um He's got a big future ahead of him. Yeah, you know he's 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 going to be in a good spot. He'll he's taking the Kellen Moore uh, path to coaching, right? Soon enough, he'll be a middling offensive coordinator (laughs) in one of the NFL teams. That's usually how it works, right? He Um, also he wants to be the offensive coordinator of the Colombian flag football Olympic team in 2028. Oh, nice! He'll probably travel with his wife that way, right? Because his his wife is an Olympian, so. I'm um, guessing his brother-in-law would be the head coach or a player on that team. I have no idea. Christian Gonzalez know. of the Patriots. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the what the, the rules are going to be or how that's yeah, going to work out. No. Exactly. Well, if his um, sister could be on the track team for Columbia, why couldn't he be on the Columbia oh, it's flag not, football team? It's not that he's not talented. I just don't know if they're going to like. Are they going to allow NFL players to play? I don't know. They they, they 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 remember they made it the sport for twenty eight, mm-hmm. and then all these players are. All right, I want to play for the team. I want to coach the team. You know, I want to be involved. And then you just really never heard anything about it again. <laughs> Yeah, my guess is they're probably not going to be allowed to play. Probably not. Uh, all right, so the big question is, um, is Hendon Hooker good enough to be quarterback too? Uh, my answer is real simple. I think he is. I think that's what they've been preparing for all of last year. Every meeting that he's been in, um, activating him, getting him on the active roster, full well knowing that he wasn't going to play getting him in that spot just so he can get those, those practice reps because they knew he was going to be QB two this upcoming season. So in my opinion, Goff's one Hendon hooker is two. agree or disagree. Yeah. I, I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. And if hooker's not ready to be the number two quarterback next year, you know, why did you draft him in the top one or what was it right at 100? Yeah, no, it was, yeah. it was earlier. Yeah. It was early third round. So, um, yeah, they're in a good, I, I think, yeah, exactly. They, they made the move to draft and they made every decision with him in, with this in mind to be QB two. So do you think that they are going to keep just two quarterbacks or do you think they'll keep three? And, uh, if they do keep three, what kind of quarterback do you think they'll get like a young quarterback or like a veteran? All right. I, I think they're going to go with three quarterbacks. It's not unheard of for this, mm. this brain trust to go with two quarterbacks from early in the regime, but that team was sure. bad. So what did it, you know, like it kind of had a feeling of what did it matter? If you look at this year's team, that was a good team mm. that they expect big things out of, and they carried a bunch of quarterbacks, right? And well, Hooker had, was, he was the third eventually, right? Yep. Eventually, um, but they had David Blau and they had Teddy, they had Teddy Bridgewater all year, you know, mm-hmm. through, midway through the preseason. Right. And yeah. Then they had Sudfeld, Sudfeld gets hurt. And then they bring in David Blau. Like they kind of always had three quarterbacks throughout the year. So I expect them to have mm-hmm. three quarterbacks next year. I don't think they had another young guy. If they do, it's, it's going to be Nate Sudfeld or it's going to be another Nate Sudfeld esque guy. You know, okay. somebody that's going to be a, there's the thing, right? Like they, there's those, veteran quarterbacks out there that are the guys that help the starters prepare that are the good quarterbacks at helping starters. Brian Hoyer was that for Tom Brady, like sure. Brady liked having Hoyer around. Wouldn't it be a similar situation? And that was probably why Blau was around, even though he was kind of a younger guy. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, Blau was, they do. now Blau was also on the practice squad. Um, so still at practice. Well, but I'm saying, I, I kind of think that's the route they may go. I, I, I kind of, my, my gut feeling is that they're going to need the space at quarterback. So they're probably going to keep two on the active roster, mm. but, a, but a third on the practice squad. I agree with you that it could probably be a veteran makes the most sense, uh, help with game prep and stuff. They'd have to be blown away by a young quarterback in order to keep a third uh, young quarterback on the on the uh, roster in any capacity because Hendon's already that young quarterback, right? You don't want to have Goff and then two young quarterbacks. So I know I, I'm I'm right now gut feeling two quarterbacks, a third is on the practice squad. That's my gut. Four, you're gonna have four for camp, but you end up with three when it's all said and done. So low priority uh, as far as adding, right? You're not gonna 
Right. Not going to spend might, a lot of capital on a new one. Yeah. They, they, if they draft one, it's going to be on day three, late day three, probably. And, and it's going to need to be a guy that they're like, Hey, I don't want to have to fight the UDFA market for this guy. So I'm going to just draft him with my, with my last pick or, or you know what I mean? Right. So, because they're not, if they really like a quarterback and they're like, this is the guy we think we can develop and, 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 you know, we want him, we think he can be on the practice squad. We think we can turn him into something down the road. Let's not fight the market. Let's just draft him with our, you know, last pick and then, uh, and go away. Other than that, I really don't see them spending anything beyond that on a quarterback. All right. Running back position under contract for next season, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Jamar Jefferson, and Jake Funk. Those are the four guys under contract. They have two exclusive rights, free agents, and Craig Reynolds and Zonovan Knight, and then unrestricted free agent. We saw him get hurt this year, probably the end of the road for Muhammad Ibrahim. And uh, I guess we should fold in as well. Fullback Jason Kabinda is also just a regular old free agent. Right. And so with Reynolds and Knight being exclusive rights free agents, um, they're going to get offered something relatively low, and they're not going to have a chance to to go to the open market to try and get a, a counter offer. So they're probably going to be back. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't get uh, extended those ERFA contracts. That means your top five running backs are all coming back. Now Jefferson spent the year on the practice squad. So, but he was essentially their RB five for, for the majority of the year. Jake Funk was added late, but Jake Funk was uh, drafted by the Rams when Brad Holmes was still uh, with the Rams. And so he was a guy that, that Brad Holmes scouted and uh, likes, he's very athletic. And uh, there's some, you know, there's a little bit of hype around him, but I, I'm, I, I, you know, I think he opens up his RB six and that, so that's a tough path to the roster, but with six running backs, you're in a pretty good spot. Um, could they take a running back in the draft? I mean, if it presented itself where they are looking at a guy that says like, Hey, I got, I've got a great guy who I think could be RB three and could upgrade Craig Reynolds and I can get him at value. Then maybe, yeah, I could see them taking it because I don't think anything is uh, off limits anymore. I think Brad kind of taught us that lesson that everything goes, everything's on the table. And so I think they could upgrade, but if they're not going to find an upgrade, this is a low priority. Again, there's no need to go add a guy. Um, I think they phased out the fullback position, so I don't think they're necessarily going to be looking for a fullback. Interesting. They could, yeah, they could they could add maybe a fullback or maybe add an H back, maybe go with an extra tight end. There's 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 options on what they could do, but if they end up getting the ERFAs on Craig and Zonovan Knight, they're gonna have six running backs, and it's going to be a luxury if they add another one, in my opinion. So no Jason Cabinda. Now we have to consider special teams here, but yeah. you don't see him coming back. Well, I think there's a chance, um, mostly because of what he does on special teams, but you know, they 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 cut him and risked losing him. They right. they thought he'd yep. clear because he's a fullback and he did. Then they got him on the practice squad and they elevated him, but they never felt that they needed to secure his status by putting him on the, on the roster. And so I think they were willing to lose him is essentially what that tells me. And if they're willing to lose him, then how much are they going to pay to bring him back? So 
right. chances are, in my opinion, he's going to hit the free agent, free agent market. He'll test it. If he doesn't find anything he likes better, he'll probably, I think Detroit might offer him something, but it's going to be low. It's going to be lower than what he made previously. And uh, if he can't find something better, I could see him returning at the same time. I think he could probably find something better because he's a real good special teamer. Interest. This is when I agree with you about mm-hmm. they're probably not going to add anything in the draft or free. Oh, if they do add something in free agency, it's going to be at the bottom of the you know, training yeah. camp fodder. You know, that somebody to say, hey, maybe this guy can make the team if he yeah. really Kinda shows like what they something. did was like what they did with Zonovan Knight, right? They, right? they added a guy that they're like, hey, this is a value guy that can compete for RB3-4 spot. The thing is, with Holmes, and I know you, you're, this is what kind of you're researching now, is for the first three years of the Holmes tenure, mm-hmm. he, we, we've had, well, these are their needs. These are the, and, and Holmes has not really followed that. Holmes has always been, has been up to this point, like, well, we're just taking the best player available because we have needs everywhere, you know, right. and it made sense and it worked out, you know, it's worked out so far. Mm-hmm. This year is different. Yes. At least to you and I, maybe it's mm-hmm. not to Brad Holmes, you know, <laughs> but this year is different. Do they, it's like, no, we, we got to just focus on needs and that's that. Or is he still going to be like, well, we're in the third round. We've got this running back with like, you know, you, you, we have him at number 25 overall. We've got to <laughs> take him. you know? Yeah. I, I could don't see know it. if that's what they're going to do. No, but I could see that if they look at this guy and they say, Hey, we have him at 25 overall. He's sitting there at 60, whatever. Um, and no one else is close. It's, it's the Jack Campbell theory. That's why they took Jack Campbell. They had Jack Campbell as like a, a top guy. And they said no one else was, was close enough to him to challenge. And that's, and that's why they took him mm-hmm. because no one else was, was at his spot. And, uh, I could see that same thing happening. I could see them saying, look, we don't need a running back, uh, but this guy is so much better than everyone else. He can be RB three. And, you know, we won't have to worry about running back for a half decade, but we don't, you know, that's just kind of throw that out there as a, uh, yeah, this is, is, yeah, this is just, this is going to apply everywhere. Right, like this is gonna apply at, at at every position. Every position, yeah. Yeah, let's get that. Gonna, out. We just want to say, get it out of the way now. Yeah, he's going to take the best guy. Um, I think that the move to draft Jack Campbell with what they had just just screams at me. He's always going to take the guy he has rated the highest. And um, even if they're loaded, but it was still it, a, well, but that was still a position as we thought at that time it was a position sure. of need. Sure, I mean they had. This I mean they had as high of a need as some of the other needs were. They had, I mean, but okay, they had Anzalone, Derek Barnes, Malcolm, and Reeves Maben all under contract, and Pittman all under contract when they drafted Jack Campbell. So this was a guy that they looked at and said, "Hey, he can be an upgrade." And we're going to take him because he's better than ever. And now I don't think any of us thought at that time that Anzalone or Derek Barnes would have the seasons right. that they did. Right. And so they, right. they definitely showed out. Even Holmes better. in the gang probably, probably. didn't even know exactly was, that's what I, was going to happen. I completely agree with you. So, but I think the lesson that, that I learned from that was I got to look at everybody. 
I can't narrow it down as, is is I mean, there's things that you can do to narrow down the the availability, but I I believe when it comes to the draft, he's always gonna look at will this guy upgrade whatever position, no matter how good we have it stacked, can this guy upgrade it? And if he can, then that's the guy we're gonna take. It's look, they, this is where their roster is. I mean, like we've been talking about this for a couple of seasons where finding those guys that are special teams only players, like those days are gone, right? Like you're not going to have special teams only players anymore on this roster. They're getting too deep and they have, and the guys that they're going to add are going to be at positions that are going to challenge for those like two and three deep spots on the roster. And so finding special teams only guys, I think that that time has passed. And I think that's one of the reasons why, Cabinda is is not an in for me right now. All right, let's move to wide receiver. Eight under contract currently. Antoine Green, Darius Fountain, Traquan Smith, the ex ex receiver position at the slot. Amonra St. Brown, of course, Khalif Raymond, and Tom Kennedy, of course. And then at uh, <laughs> the Z position, the Z wide receiver, Jamison Williams, Maurice Alexander. Those are the eight that are under contract. Now the names that we're missing. X wide receiver Josh Reynolds. He is a full blown free agent, as is Donovan Peoples Jones over at the Z. And uh, this will be interesting whether or not they bring Reynolds back. Reynolds has been great. He had a rough NFC Championship game, so a lot of people have a different feeling about him. But it would, it'll be interesting to see if they bring him back or mm-hmm. be too rich for their blood. Yeah, I think I think you're. Your established starters right now are wide receiver one and two are Amon Ra and Jamison. I, that's where they're going to go. Those two guys have to, or at this point, they it sure seems like they're in the, in the pole positions to be to be the top two guys. Josh Reynolds would be wide receiver three, and then uh, Khalif would be wide receiver four. Peoples Jones fills that veteran wide receiver five spot that they want. And then that six developmental spot was Antoine greens last year. So I think green is, is in a good spot. Um, I don't think he's necessarily ready to start in, in place of Reynolds. So I believe they'll, they'll try and bring Reynolds back. I believe they'll try and bring people's Jones back too, but we'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, But with Reynolds, they might also be looking at, can we upgrade him? This is a a loaded wide receiver class. Uh, we're starting to see more and more, you know, wide receivers on a year to year basis. And so, even if they, I, 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 my guess is they attempt to sign Josh Reynolds, and then if a wide receiver falls in their lap, I think they take him because. They even Josh isn't a true X. And so if you can get that to that true X, and there's a there's a bunch of them in this class, they Keon might not Coleman. That's might be one available of them. at that pick. Honestly, he could, and and I wouldn't surprise me in the least if they were like, Hey, he's the best guy there. We're just gonna grab him. And I know that would go against the grain of you know needs at the same time. They want the offense. The offense is the strength of the team, and they want their offense to be explosive. Adding a true six foot four X uh, 
it's it's an easy way to keep that offense in the top five. Thank goodness the Jamison Williams like uh, finally exploded in the last few <laughs> weeks there. Because this would right. be a more difficult conversation, not difficult conversation, but it would be different than the fact it's like, well, we re- I'm on Ross St. Brown's really yet. But now it's like, well, you know, Jamison Williams is not putting up huge stats, but he makes these he's been making difference making plays over the yeah. last several games he's been in. And it's like, yeah. well, he is the number two receiver. At least he's a weapon of some sorts that they're going to use a lot going forward. And that was good to see. Cause a lot of, you know, we were starting to get on the bust trade with him and uh, <laughs> he, he's got himself a reprieve. Anything can happen, you know, from here, but it, the arrow's starting to point up for him. Yeah. I, 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 that trend has been heading that in that direction for for a little while, and 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 I feel pretty confident he's uh, he's in a spot where there's not going to be a regression because we've seen a steady incline from him. So they do. I do think they're going to look for a receiver, even if they bring back Josh Reynolds. I still think they're going to look for a receiver because they want a veteran kind of in that four or five spot. And if they re-sign Josh and then all of a sudden a rookie falls in their lap, like Keon Coleman, let's say, Josh then becomes Marvin Harrison or Marvin Jones from then last year. the new veteran. Exactly. Or, yeah, and Donovan Peoples-Jones late he, in the year. Yep. He's just really, he's just better, right? And so now yep. you've got a very heavily fortified receiving core. So. Do they, oh. No, go ahead. Do they extend Amon Ross St. Brown I, this, I, this offseason? I think they almost have to, right? Do because, okay. So you think they almost have to? I'm, I, yeah. I, sadly, I'm in a position where it's like, oh, do they have to? <laughs> I'd love him to stick around, you know, like, uh, sure. He, he's the type of guy, you know, it's like what we're seeing. Don't pay wide receivers. Look at what, you know, um, um, Tyree sure. Kill. They let him go. They've won two Super Bowls without him uh, mm-hmm. in Kansas City. And I don't know if this is the same because they also have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Jared Goff is good. There's no Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Same time, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown's going to cost a lot of money. But in Amon Ross St. Brown's corner, the way I think about it is like, no guy tries harder. He's got all these yeah. chips on his shoulder. Like his, unless he starts having injury issues, like he's not a guy, he's going to, he's going to be worth whatever they pay him. You know, yes. it's not going to be some sunk cost. Like he's always going to be in great yep. shape. He's always going to be ready to go. So part of me, you know, watches all this. It's like, they don't need to pay receivers tons of money. And part of me is like, <laughs> well, this is a guy, this is the guy you would pay a ton because he's not right. going to give up. You know, he's not going to be a guy who's going to rest on his laurels. Like he's going to be a guy who's going to, you know, it's, it's going to make sense that he's going to earn his money after he gets it. This entire team is built around a culture that they have established over the first three years. And the culture is everything to them. They were working towards that culture initially. They were adding guys little by little. Now they're at a point where they are not, they are unwilling to bend to, to uh, away from that culture. If you do not fit the culture, you will not play in Detroit. And in order to maintain that culture, there are three players on this roster. You absolutely cannot lose. Panay Aiden Hutchinson and Amon Ra. You just you you cannot lose any of those guys. They are pillars. They are culture setting leaders, and they are all still ascending in in their in their young careers. 
foundational pieces. You pay them whatever, you pay them the market rate, and uh, you're you're okay with it. He's he is the exception. Like he like if Jameson's contract was up, yeah, we wouldn't necessarily be having this conversation, right? <laughs> yeah, like we, that's not where we'd be. But the Amon Ra is more than a receiver. He is a complete tone setter for what this organization wants to be, and you're going to pay him. And I think he's going he's going to be worth every penny. I get when I said Jamison, see you later. That I, I would say yeah, that what Amon Ra is going to command. We don't know. Oh, right, Jamison, what yeah, well, yeah. he might need at the end of his contract. It might make sense to keep him because he might not be super expensive to keep. Sure, we'll have to see what happens then. And he's ascending too, so we'll see where he goes. Right. Tight end position, Sam Laporta under contract, James Mitchell under contract, Brock Wright, restricted restricted free agent, Shane yep. Zilstra, exclusive rights free agent, Anthony Ferkser, and Zach Ertz, who's a much ballyhooed lion that never played a snap, are regular <laughs> old free agents. Um, So you at least have two of your three tight ends. The Lions historically have preferred to keep four three on the roster and then a fourth on the practice squad. The ideology going in was that they were going to roll with Laporta, Wright, Mitchell, and Zilstra. Those were the guys they had rolled with previously. I mean, save Laporta who they had hadn't drafted, but that was the core. Yeah. That that was, yeah, that was the core four guys that pretty much everyone expected. Zilstra gets hurt in camp. Can't, is done for the year, and so they have to pivot to Ferkser, who becomes the, can't the practice stay squad. Bounds and <laughs> his way he, to the end zone. He becomes the practice squad uh, veteran. Now, I don't think Brock Wright will get the restricted tender because mm, interesting. I, be, well, because I think it's going to be too much. It's going to be like two and a half million dollars or something. Like, and they're not going to want to pay that, right? My idea is that they're going to pay him a lower salary and maybe get, give him some guaranteed money on it and then get him back on a new contract that isn't as expensive as, as the tender. So I still think he'll be back. That would mean you'd return all three of your guys that were on the active roster last year. Zilster being ex- in exclusive rights, he's a re- that's an easy re-sign for him as well. Therefore, you have... Um, you have those four guys back and then, you know, you have the option to add or, or, you know, uh, you know, add draft or maybe get an UDFA, like you got some options. You can try and upgrade, you can add depth, uh, you can add practice squad guys, uh, lots of options. But again, like with running back, you're returning basically the whole lot. And then it just becomes, Hey, do you want to upgrade or is, are you going to run into a situation where somebody's too good uh, not to pass on? And so I think tight end for me is pretty straightforward. I don't think there's a whole lot of questions uh, on how that plays out. I disagree with any of that. No, not at all. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's not too much to say after that. If they come back with those four guys next year, I think they would be in just a fine position. All right. Okay. Uh, offensive line this is this is the biggest position group on the roster side so of let's, how let's break it tackles down. first yeah yeah right. let's do that under contract for next year taylor decker panay sewell piece of cake they, they, there's your starting <laughs> left and right tackles that that's done yep. connor galvin also under contract for next year dan skipper 
Matt Nelson, Michael Schofield, and Max Percher, all regular old free agents. So uh, Galvin was on the practice squad all year. Uh, the goal for him was to develop into a potential OT4, maybe even OT3. Uh, we don't really know where he's at because we haven't seen him because we're not allowed to watch those portions of practice. We won't really know where he's at in his development until training camp. So at this, with that, you know, being the situation, we have to basically look at him as a depth guy and maybe not even OT four. So you're, you're penciling him in kind of like an OT five and saying, you know, what's he going to do? That leaves you with a couple of holes. And this is, in my opinion, a low key, uh, important need. I would not be surprised to see them draft an offensive tackle in the top 100, mm. knowing that that top 100 player is not going to start. Now, if you draft a guy, if you end up needing a guard and you draft a guy who can play tackle and guard, well, then that, you know, it's a little bit easier to pallet. But we've talked a ton in the past about how important having a reserve offensive tackle is in case one of your starters gets hurt and they don't have it. Uh, I don't think it, even if they bring back Dan Skipper, he's not no, oh, they're, they're bringing back Dan Skipper. I, I, Although I, I don't know if he's made enough, like he's made a lot of noise, like maybe some other team signs him, but oh, I don't think so. We keep thinking I think Dan Skipper is going away. He's not going away. He, <laughs> he comes back every year. <laughs> he, um, yeah, I I think he'll come back again. I don't think he's gonna get much um much attention. I know he's getting a lot of publicity, but that's I, I think he'll end up with the Lions. Um I think I think Matt Nelson might end up with the Lions again too if he's coming back cheap. Because remember he got hurt and he with his ankle was done and he missed the whole season. So the the buzz on him in free agency is gonna be pretty low as it is. So he might end up coming back on a prove it type deal as well. At the same time. I don't think either of them are really good options at, at OT3, which makes me think they're going to need to, to draft a guy. Um, they could go the veteran route. They've tried that a couple of times last year. Uh, when they go the veteran route, they always end up turning to Matt Nelson uh, in the end, which is, again, not in my opinion. I, I don't know. If, I, I like I think Matt and Skipper can both be good, like uh, offensive lineman number six type roles, but I don't think they're OT threes. They're not guys I want starting. So you may have to draft a guy. You may have to draft them early. Adding another layer to this, Taylor Decker is in a contract year. Mm. So if so. Taylor Decker is not in your plans, uh then I I I do think they could extend Taylor Decker. Um, really it would have to be a low at a lower number. Like there's mm -hmm. they're gonna be paying out a lot of money. In the well, next he's, couple years. Yeah, he's he's got a Two high number players. now. He's got a high number now because it's the last year in his contract. So it's basically where they've they've backloaded that contract up. And so I could see them give him an extension and uh and lower that cap number. At the same time, if he if if they're not sure if they can get that contract done, I could see Brad Holmes saying we need an insurance policy. And that means we're going to take a, take a top 100 guy. We're going to develop them for a year. And, and the guy may have to play a bigger role next year, potentially even starting. It's kind of like what they did with Hendon Hooker, right? 
They looked mm-hmm. at him and they said, "We're going to draft him and we're going and we're going to develop him for a year, and then we're going to he's going to play a big role." And I know quarterback two is a little different than a starting. You know, it would be it would be right tackle, right? Because Panay would shift the left. Right, they would shift them over. Um, but I could absolutely see them taking offensive tackle in the top one hundred picks with the sole purpose of trying to get him ready for twenty twenty five. Um. And, you know, obviously being an injury, uh, um, you know, option as well, like an emergency type guy, an OT3 essentially. So I fully think offensive tackle is on the draft board for the Lions. And I think it is a top five need for the Lions. You know, Bob Quinn extended Decker, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I believe believe so. so. I have to double check. It was a good move. I I remember at the time, you know, a lot of like the casual fans that I talked to, like, like, oh, what a huge deal he got. It's like, well, I don't know. They're paying him eighth best offensive tackle money at that time. You know, it's like eighth highest paid left tackle. It's like, Mm -hmm. he's probably like the 12th, 13th. So of course he's going to get a bump because he's getting a new contract. He's paid off so far oh, yeah. it was a good deal they, they made a good deal with him because he's yeah, yeah he, although like you say he's probably more expensive this year but over the totality of the contract it wasn't killer and they've gotten a guy who's been solid for the whole time his his future i think is the most interesting out of anybody on the roster because he's still good he could get a third contract with the lions but what are the lions willing to invest because they mm-hmm. have to invest in so many other guys yeah that was it so he's 31 which means you're not going to want to give him like you might give him like a, a three-year deal or a, a probably maximum. Um, I don't think they'd go to four uh, maybe, but I don't think they would. So, but you're giving his, his cap hit this year is 19.1 million, which is the, which is a high number. Cause that again, it was purposefully backloaded the first two years. He made 8.3 and then five. Like that, that was his, that was, he had very low cap hits his first two years of that contract. So this is where it's paying off uh, there. This is where he's getting paid off for it. Right. Like he's, this is where he's, he's finally getting that money. And so they can arrange it. So he still gets his money and uh, they reduce his cap hit, give him an extra couple of years and some job security. And I think everyone's pretty happy, would be pretty happy about that. Again, if you don't think, or if you're concerned about getting that deal done, you got to have insurance. And even if you do get this job done, I still think you have to have insurance at offensive tackle. So offensive tackle is going to be a big need for me. All right. Offensive guard and we'll mix center in there too. We could do the interior line. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Under contract for next year, Frank Ragnow, he'll be the center. He said he's not retiring, so we're going to assume Correct. he's going to be the center next year. Uh, Michael Nice is also under contract. He's the backup center, quote-unquote, even though right. Brian Blaskow was this year. Matt Farniak, Kobe, Colby Sorsdahl, and Natane Mute. Those are the interior linemen under contract for next year. The Exclusive rights free agent is Coyote Awashika, who we saw a bunch uh, over the, the last quarter of the season. Yep. Uh, Jonah Jackson, Graham Glasgow, Hal Vitae. Those are the three regular old free agents, and those are two big ones. They're probably the two biggest on the team. Yep, and this is this is arguably the biggest need 
because of how valuable the offensive line is. Well, they're the superstar of the team. Like that offense, if it doesn't have a good offensive line, it's not going to be great. Right. Graham wants to come back. They want Graham back. They're working on a contract. I expect that to get done. Um, expect him to get a little bump, but fully expect Glasgow to be back. You need Frank Ragnow insurance, and you need a starter at right and left guard. Graham Glasgow fills two of those holes. You know what right. I mean? Like yep. he really does. And I know he's he's older, and I know he, but like he is, you can play all three spots, all three spots at a high level. You're not going to break the bank on him, and he wants to be here. It's an easy resign, and it should be the easiest and highest priority of their resign guys. So I I I expect Graham to stick. Jonah's a lot trickier. Yeah, he's gone. Somebody's going to pay him a lot. That's rightfully so. He's a two-time pro bowler. He's a very good offensive guy. Like somebody's going to offer him a lot of money and the Lions know what who they've got to pay and the few, they can't have four extremely high-paid offensive linemen, so right. It's go. it's where it gets tricky, right? Because he's going to if he hits the free agent market, he's getting double-digit million, like between 10 and 12 million dollars is my yeah. is, is my opinion. I thought he would have got Lions, more than that. He could, if he wasn't injured so much. Oh, that's true. He is past two years. I think he he would be low. That number would be a little bit higher. I'd be closer to like fourteen, right? Maybe fourteen, sixteen. If he's not injured this past both last two years, the injury thing stuff is, I think, what's going to hold him back on the Lions. The Lions are going to have these other guys they need to pay, and Jonah just got injured at the wrong time. I think Jonah's terrific. I think he's fantastic. I think they need to do what they can within reason to try and bring him back because he's 10 to 12. Yeah, that that might be possible. I'm looking at the other guys that are paid in that range. That would be middle, you know, like 16, 17. Yeah. On that list of highest paid guards. Yeah. It's not crazy. It's not. And, and I think you can, you can work it right. Because, you still have Sewell on a low contract. You're still going to have Graham at a low contract. Frank's number dips this year because Decker's number goes up. Uh, if you're going to get Decker uh, on an extension, you can lower Decker's number, which means you'll have room to sign Jonah. The question just becomes how far are you going to be able to go by continuing to pay all of them? Because Sewell's number is going to go up huge next year. He's going to get gonna, 20, gonna... 25, 26, 27 million a year. Well, he'll his he'll have his fifth year next year, which will be like twenty. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but but still, it's twenty one, right? And then, then it's going to yeah, then it's going to be higher. Yeah, you're going to pay him in jets. You're going to be like you get one seven forty seven for every game you play. And so, I mean, it's just going to get he's going to get he's going to be the highest paid tackle in the league, right? So whatever whatever that highest paid tackle number is, he's going to an extra million. Yep, Yep. that's probably what it'll be. And so he's going to get paid. And again, like St. Brown, he is going to be worth every single penny. Oh yeah. There's no, as long as he's healthy, there's, there's no question that, that he, he's a no brainer. They, yep. they would keep him because he could be around 16 years playing that position. To high, look at Trent Williams. He is Trent he, Williams. Yeah. Right. He's Trent Williams 2.0. Exactly. I, and he's going to be that for a, a decade plus. Right. Hmm. So yeah, you pay him, give him a 10 year contract. I don't care. Right. Like just he's, he'll be, he will pay it off. 
He will be worth it. Um, so Jonah gets tricky. I think it's doable, but it's tricky. They will not keep him if they if he gets to free agency, though. I just think someone else is going to pay him. Yeah, they're going to give him like 16, 17 million and be like, yeah, it's, well, we can't it, pay that. It's it's going to be he, he will get paid if he get if he hits the market. And so it's a matter of does he want to be here and, and take that lower cost that he's probably going to get, which is still probably on on value. Or does he want to hit the free agent market, start over somewhere, and but he's probably going to get paid a, a healthy chunk. All right. So that well, I'm just, so priority wise, I just want to reiterate, this is it. This is the the biggest need uh, for me. Even if you re-sign Graham, this still maintains the biggest need because the offensive line is the engine of the offense, and the offense is what is what makes this team successful. You have to have somebody. Now, does that mean using pick 29 or trading up and getting a guy on the guard? No, no. You can find good value guards. You can find guys that can start at at the you know in the first three rounds. Jonah Jackson was a third round pick. Graham Glasgow was Graham Glasgow was a third round pick. Right. But then Decker, Ragnow, and Sewell are all first round picks. Right. Um you the longer I, I know like the idea is that you can get a third round guard and that third round guard can start and that third round guard can be a pro bowler eventually. Right. I get that. But the hit rate on third round right. guards is yeah. not as good. Like you just because it's happened and it's just happened because Larry over. Warford's gone to a pro bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's happened over and over, but just because it's happened doesn't mean it will happen again. Right? right. And even though Brad Holmes hit record is successful, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again. So taking a guy in the second round, taking a guy in the first round, absolutely on board with that. Um, and look, there are some center guard prospects, guys that could play guard and then and also be insurance for Frank, who can play like the the Graham Glasgow role. Role. There's a couple of those guys. There's a lot, actually, more than a couple of those guys in this draft class. And so, I'd be okay. I'd be super okay. Uh, going offensive tackle in the first round or getting, or getting a guy on day two. And, and, you know, cause you're still going to get a guy's maybe plug and play, right? Like that's just how the, the value or how teams value guards is. They just don't value them as highly, but you have to get a guy. You have to like, it's, it's the move. They will come back next year with Aoshika and Col- Colby Swordstall, who will have experience under their belts. Yeah, they certainly. do have reserve guards. Hopefully, they both, Swordstall in particular, since he was a draft pick, um, they develop some more. Yeah, you know. So, I I, th- I think Swordstall can be, you know, your repl- your guy who takes over for Graham type of thing, right? Like I think if Graham is getting near, I don't think he. I think still think Graham's a couple of years away from retiring, right? But if you are eventually going to move on from Graham, or if if you're worried, like if he's getting to an age where he could fall off, you know what I mean? Like that's just the reality of getting right. over yep. thirty in the NFL. And so I I think Sorzo is kind of a replacement for that, but Sorzo doesn't have center range. Um, I know they're trying him. I know they're letting him take snaps at center, um, you know, just to get that experience. But 
I don't think he has that range, not right now anyway. And, and so I like his ceiling. I like what he can do. I think he's a really good reserve, but I love him to death, but I don't, I don't think he's ready to start. Uh, or at least the, I don't think the Lions think he's ready to start uh, in 2024. All right, flipping over, defensive side of the ball, starting in the middle, defensive tackle under contract for next year, Aleem McNeil, Levi Onzerike, Chris Smith, Broderick Martin. Benito Jones is a restricted free agent, and Tyson Alualu is a just an all-out regular free agent back on the street. Right, and – you know, he's in his mid thirties. So, uh, I don't think he's, I don't, if he's going to come back, it's probably not going to be now. Uh, he's going to wait in his, his yeah, time. Right. Um, I think Benito's a guy they might offer a new contract to again. I don't think they'll pick up the restricted tab on him Tender. because it's going to be a couple, yeah, going to be a couple million. Benito was a guy who started most of the year, but then, when they shifted their scheme in the back half, Benito's the guy who went to the bench uh, in favor of Alualu. And so if you're using essentially what was a practice squad veteran as a starter over all your other guys uh, next to Aleem, that's not a good sign for all of your other guys, right? It's not a good sign for Levi. Uh, it's, um, we all know Broderick is in the developmental phase and Chris Smith that was on the practice squad. So basically you have a lean, some depth in Levi and a developmental player in Broderick Martin. And that's what, that's it. That's what you got. I don't think it, I think if Benito comes back, I don't expect him to start. I don't, he will kind of be in that bugs role where he'll be like a backup. Um, but this is another position they're going to need to add. They can add in free agency. They can add in the draft. They have, they'll have options. Um, they have Tavondre is... Sweat from <laughs> Texas. Well, he's 346 pounds of him. I wonder if he's bigger than that because they, he's, they, he they probably is because he, okay. So we'll, we're sidetracked a little here, but yeah, yeah, we, can, we, we need he, to save it for another episode. No, but he didn't weigh in at the senior bowl. Like he went to senior bowl practices and, and opted not to weigh in which tells me he was probably living in the three sixties, which is where he's been, you know, he's played in the past and had, was rumored to be. So he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Right. <laughs> Stopped so, at a couple of Bucky's in Alabama. Had some of the, the brisket <laughs> sandwiches. So they're going to have to upgrade. They're going to have to add depth. Uh, how they do it. I don't know, but this is another top five need. Is it a bigger need than guard? No, no, not my opinion, but it's still, it's, it's a big need right? It's, it's in that top five. So Aleem is an interesting uh, decision as well, because like, uh, like he's in the same draft class as Amon Ra. And so that means he's in the last year of his contract of his rookie contract. And he's also now eligible for an extension. If you're going to extend Aleem, you're going to play, pay him a pretty penny as well. And so I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with him. Him. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see they they seem to have like less value or they or they they seem to value less the defensive interior. They they've kind of hodgepodge yeah, they seemingly yeah 
Yeah, they, they've kind of hodgepodged it together for three years, and Aleem has just you know risen to the top to be a really good one. I think which they kind of knew he was going to be really good, right? Um, but I don't know how much they value the interior, and I don't know how much they're willing to spend. And they may be willing to let him play out his rookie deal and then try and re-sign him next offseason to a bigger contract, and that's fine. But he's coming off a tr- pretty terrific year where he was one of the top defensive tackles in the league. And so he's his his salary right now could demand a lot of money if they try and do an extension with him. So I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see, like, cause we're talking double digits, million, double digit millions for a lean as well. Right? Like this is, this is another guy who's going to command double digit millions. So it can be interesting to see if they try and extend him as well, because like I said, they're going to also need to add somebody next to him. All right, going over to the edge rushers under contract for next year, Aiden Hutchinson, John Kaminsky, Josh Pascal, Mitchell Agude, all under contract. James Houston is an exclusive rights-free agent. Romeo Aquara, Charles Harris, they are just regular old free agents. Did uh did I leave Matthew Betts off or did I not hear? Oh, no, you know, I'm looking at the wrong list. I forgot all about Matthew Betts. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's the guy I was excited about. I mean, it, um, I got to watch how I use the term excited, but it's CFL <laughs> sack leader, you know, how I enjoy other types of football. Yeah. Uh, 18, right? Yeah. Cam- Cameron Wake, you know, that's he's the last guy to be like a sacks leader over in Canada that came and produced in the United States. Maybe Matthew Betts is potentially one of those guys. Maybe not. You know, That'd be nice. Bringing him in and giving him a shot. Yep. Yeah. Um, another guy that's that you didn't mention because he's he's not an option to bring back is Julian Aquara, who mm-hmm. has already signed with a new team because he was a. Uh, oh, really? Who did he sign with? Um, Philly. Okay. Philly? All right. All right. No, that's wait. Like, oh, I didn't mean no, to put you on the spot on there. Oh yeah. Um, one of the I, I want to say an NFC East team, um, but. Yeah, he, Eagles. Uh, You're right. Okay. Uh, he was on the practice squad. And because he ended the season on the practice squad, his contract expired before free agency. So he becomes a street free agent, which made him eligible to sign immediately. So he signed with the Eagles. Um, so he's not not even eligible, even though he was on the team the majority of the season. So um, I felt like I needed to mention him too. Uh, now, Aiden's a lock. Right. I mean, like Aiden is the pillar. He is the guy they want to build around him and Aleem are the anchors of that team. Kaminsky and Pascal split starting duties. Kaminsky started the majority of the season. Pascal started a few near the end. And I think Kaminsky ended up taking over because of their weakness on the interior. Kaminsky and Pascal both played like over 60% of game snaps, right? It was, it wasn't them just splitting edge spots. They were also kicking, both of them were kicking inside as well. So having two guys that can play that edge spot and kick in on the interior was a necessity for the scheme that they ran last year. The question becomes, are they comfortable with that or are they looking to alter their defensive front maybe they're going to want to go more traditional where they're going to want to maybe add a traditional defensive end 
or are they going to need both these guys? Cause they're going to want to add, they're going to want to keep that Sam linebacker that they were trying to utilize last year. Um, or, you know, like, are they going to shift it again? Like to something else that, you know, they haven't seen, they haven't utilized before right now. I think you have to keep both Pascal and Kaminsky as in the same roles that, that you had them last year at the same time. Kaminsky's deal last year, and we talked about this at the time, was very much a prove-it deal. It was a low number that said, hey, if you do well and you show out, you're going to get a big raise in 2024. Currently, his cap hit is $6.2 million. For a guy who's a rotational starter, that's kind of a big amount of money. Right. It's right. a, it's in the top 10 biggest cap hits on the team right now. If you were to release him, you would free up $4.6 million. So you free up a big chunk of money. <clears throat> the question now becomes how important is Kaminsky to your role? And if he is that important to your role, is he worth that much money? If he is, then you keep him and everything's fine. If you're changing your scheme and you think you only need one Josh Pascal, John Kaminsky type, well, Pascal's on a rookie deal and Kaminsky's not making $6 million. So then you might decide to move on from John Kaminsky. So right now we don't really know what, the plan is as far as changing the front. Cause remember they got new coaching staff, right? John Scott's yeah, yeah. gone and they got a new coach, new defense. Terrence coach. Williams is in. Yep. From the Titans. Right. And um, now he values run stuffers on the defensive line. And I think Kaminsky kind of fits into that really well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, but as of right now, they've got three defense events. So they're going to need at least a fourth. Right, they're going to need to add some upgrades to this unit. They don't really have a stand-up guy. They don't really have a guy backing up Aiden right now, and I have no idea if they're what they're going to do with Aquara or Harris. I think both of those guys might be. They're gone. probably both gone. Yeah. Um, Harris, his production kind of just disappeared, and Aquara, Romeo Aquara, every now and again he'd do something, but you know what. What would they expect him to come back as? What would he expect himself to come back as? You know, yeah, he'd be edge four, and he'd be backing up. He'd be Aiden's backup, and Aiden plays. And it's not like he could go somewhere else and start, but right. Know. But I mean, like Aiden plays like eighty to ninety percent of the snaps, and so Aquar is getting what he's getting. Aiden's leftovers is essentially mm-hmm. what he's getting. All right. What about James Hare? Uh, James Hare. James Houston. So James is going to come back, I think, because he's on an ERFA. Um, but we never really got to see how no, we he don't, was recovered. We right? don't know. And what we did know going in was that they wanted him to be their Sam, but he hadn't learned it well enough for what they wanted. And so he was only a pass rusher at that at that time. They want him to be more. They're training him to be more. They're trying to get him to that spot. And if he's if he's just a pass rusher, that's okay. There's a spot for that. There, he can right. be just a yeah. pass rusher. 
but if he wants to, he wants to be more and they want him to be more and they have a spot at that same line, same linebacker just set up for him. He's just not there yet. He's just not, his, his game has not expanded far enough yet. So I think he comes back. He's a pass rusher at a minimum. And then we'll see where he goes from there because if he gets his legs back, if he gets that bend back after that broken leg, which again, we haven't seen because he was injured, but if he gets that back, totally going to be worth that contract. So my opinion, you're looking for upgrades here. That's essentially what it is. You have a, a an edge four uh, spot open, but if you're changing schemes, you may need a more of a pure defensive end. If you're uh, if you're not, you're sticking with what you got. You still need to find somebody who can be a, a, a more consistent pass rusher. You need to get some upgrades. So, again, top five need, but maybe five, right? This is more about this adding, adding to the edge is more about opportunity than it is about priority, in my opinion. Um, so still probably top five need though, in my book, you just, you, you're going to have to add some talent. It's just a matter of who, where, what position, all those things are kind of up in the air right now. Matthew Betts, right. He was, he's like 250 pounds. Yeah, he's not a, not a huge guy, six, three, 250 pounds. Just throwing that out. We really don't, we don't know what we're going to get in him. Yeah. He's a great yeah. pass rusher in the CFL and he's a game disruptor, but it's in the CFL. You know, that's a lower yep. level of professional football. Yeah. We, he's interesting character that they're bringing in. I, I like it. I like the move. And I don't even think we can ascertain it. If adding him gives us any clues on what type, if they're going to change their scheme or not, either, right? Like, no, because I think so. Yeah. They, they can find a spot with that. So, like, again, he's a guy who's going to push, I think, James Houston uh, for that kind of pass rushing role. And uh, they're still going to need another guy outside of those, that, that group that they have, which is not a bad group. It's just they need, they really need to have somebody who can generate some pass rush. All right, linebacker group under contract for 2024. Alex Anzalone, Derek Barnes, Jack Campbell, Malcolm Rodriguez, Anthony Pittman's a restricted free agent, and Jalen Reeves-Maben is a regular old free agent. Every year, they have kept six off-the-ball linebackers on the roster for every game all three years. They're going to keep six. That's the way it goes. Because they like the depth, they like the, the the body frame for special teams. They're gonna they're gonna get six. They have four. Now it becomes what happens. I do think they're gonna try and bring back both of these guys, both uh, May, Reeves, Maven, and and Pittman. I think Reeves, Maven will be a higher priority. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity to bring back Pittman. I could also see Pittman saying. Hey, I want a different change of scenery, even though I like Detroit. I'm from Detroit. I could see him maybe wanting a bit more than what he's getting here. Because he only he, here is he's LB6, right? Like maybe right. he thinks he can do better. And so we'll see how that goes. I do think Detroit will make a effort to try and retain him. Uh, but like I said, I Reeves will probably be the priority. They're gonna they're gonna add two. Right, they're not going to be guys that are necessarily going to start. They're going to be mostly special teams 
guys, but they're going to add, uh, you know, they're going to add four for training camp. And then two of them are going to two guys that are not currently on the roster are going to be on the roster. And maybe they'll be the same two that were on the roster last year. Right. I, I don't, there's not, it's so crazy how this is the position group. That's probably the most settled. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, right. Well, I guess running backs just as settled and quarterback is just as settled, but anti. All right. So there are three positions on offense. They're so just as settled, but you yeah. know, here it's like, yeah, they don't really need linebackers. If they can upgrade great, but they're fine sticking with what they got. That's so bizarre from a year ago where we were. I should, I should point out Derek Barnes is also in the final year of his rookie deal. So he's also eligible for an extension. But he's I don't know a big I, money extension type of guy. I don't think he would be. No, he's not a big. No, I don't think he's a big money extension. I also don't know how much of a priority he is going to be with Jack Campbell right. just sitting there. Right. Um, I think they'll entertain it because they they like their depth and he's a homegrown guy and they believe in him. I I I think they could get it done if they really wanted to. I just I think they have bigger fish to fry right now. Made one of the biggest plays in team history, too. The best play, of the, the most important play of the year, arguably. Right. Right. All right. Cornerback, uh, outside corners, right? Cameron Sutton, Stephen Gilmore, Craig James. Those are the three under contract next year. <laughs> we'll include the nickel corner or the, you know, star mm-hmm. position. Brian Branch also under contract. Jerry Jacobs is a restricted free agent. Khalil Dorsey, restricted free agent, regular old free agents. Emmanuel Mosley, Kendall Vildor, Will Harris, and Chase Lucas. Oh, I should Nobody... point out. Chase is actually exclusive rights. I, I, I think I might have labeled that wrong. Okay. Um, so uh, they're going to make an effort to bring Chase back uh, like they will with all their exclusive rights guys. The restricted guys again. I with Jacobs and Dorsey. I th- maybe they try and bring them back. They're not. I don't think they're going to tender either. Uh, I don't think they'd be worth that that price tag. I don't know how Jerry feels about coming back. Um, remember how that's how that kicked season, around a lot around. Here. <laughs> yeah, and like he got put on IR, even though he felt like he wasn't injured enough. To go on mm-hmm. IR, he thought he could have fought through it. Um, it's, it's a, a complicated, theory. yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, he he didn't seem overly happy with how the season ended. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a business. I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, I could see him absolutely saying, "I want to be here. I want to be part of this team." At the same time, I could see him saying, "Well, forget you guys." I'm going to go find somewhere who wants me to play. Um, Mosley coming off his second ACL. He's not, I think is, I think he will. I think he's really, yeah, I think he's going to get a lower deal. Veteran minimum, whatever his minimum is. is. Yeah. I don't think it'll be that low, but I think it will be low. And I, I also think that they're going to be, the contract's going to be heavy in incentives. Like, like they're going to be game checks, right? Like if you play the, every game you play, you get X amount. Right. Yeah. Or even just, you play in this, you play in a game, you get a quarter million dollars. You know what I mean? Like whatever they're, they're putting that game threshold, six games, you get a quarter million or. 
yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, historically they've done it game by game, but they could do a lot of variety of different things. They could do playtime. They could do if you play 80% or you play 60% of the snaps over the whole season, there's a lot of different variety. So I think there's going to be incentives, right? I think he's going to get a lower deal with a lot of incentives and he's going to want, he's going to see that as an opportunity that he's probably not, he, he might not get on the free agent market, right? Because he hasn't played essentially in almost two seasons. And I don't think his market's going to be, you know, there's not going to be people not pounding on the door for him. There'll, there'll be teams, but I think Detroit will, will give him an offer that will probably return him. Um, I think Vildor has a shot to return. Oh, really? Him, Even with him all like, the death threats, a bunch of keyboard warriors have probably geez. sent him. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to come back to Detroit. <laughs> um, I think he'll get a shot. I think he'll look at it as, hey, I'll have, I know the scheme. I'll have an opportunity to break into some playing time at the same time. He might not be more than like cornerback four, which is again, that's okay. You need right. that. You, I'd be okay with that. Um, I'll say the same thing with Dorsey. Like Dorsey's a, a fast special teamer, and they they think there's a role for that. At the same time, he had his chance to play and start, and it didn't really work out. So they kind of know where he's at. Like they know what Jacobs is. They know what Dorsey is. They know what Fildor is. If I'm picking between they, those three, oh. I think Vildor is the guy who might come back as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's my guess. Yep. So this is, if guards priority one, this is priority two. And, right. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I'm sure there is a lot of people out there saying that this is a pri- uh, a priority one and Pri- guards priority star. two. But I don't care. Uh, well, you can call, well, that's the I, thing. Like, the corners get roasted. That's what happens. Every team, yes. every, like we've talked about this before. If you talk to every fan base or you have the, the fan base do polls, like what player do you hate the most on your team? The Like 27 of the teams, it's going to be one of the corners just because they get beat. That's their job. You know, like they're <laughs> yeah. there, to, you know, to, to, to stop the passing game, but the passing game is so prevalent in the league that the corners are going to get burned. It just, that's just what happens, you know? It does seem the Lions corners are getting burned a little bit more than most, you know, but they, they get burned. And yeah. uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big need. But one could argue that if they if they bolstered the defensive line so they got more of a pass rush and like you don't have to have the greatest corners because if they're always, you know, if the quarterback's always under duress, he's not going to he's not going to destroy the secondary. You know, there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of schools agree. of thought on that. Yeah, completely agree. Um. You didn't talk about so, Will Harris. That's a guy they know what he can do and can't do. Yeah, and a guy who I mean, keeps coming back. They, they, keep, I, they keep using him. He keeps ending yeah. up out on the field. It's the same thing with Chase, too. Like, they know what Chase is. Uh, he's one of their best gunners, if not their best gunner. Um, but he hasn't found a way to break out onto the 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 defense yet. So he's, he's a special teams guy. And so he'll be looking for opportunities and... and and uh, we'll see if the you know hopefully the Lions can can get him one. Um, okay, they're this is going to be like I said, one of the top two priorities. Argue you can argue this is the priority. It's fine. I get it. Even if you bring Mosley back, 
He's still coming off a second ACL, so mm-hmm. you can't trust that he's going to be ready to start. So you're going in, you're saying, this is I have to add a starter. And you may have to add a future guy as well, which means you may have to add it like two high-level corners. So like if you added a veteran in free agency, you still might draft a corner high. Right, because you want to, you may want to get a guy and develop corner like offensive tackle is a position you need depth at. You need quality players that can come off the bench and start. So, Mosley, a veteran corner and free agency, drafting a corner, you can see all three of those things happen. So, they're going to invest, they're going to need to invest at this position. So, before we get into like how much. Let me ask you this question. Are you comfortable with Cam Sutton starting on the other side? Well, I guess that do I really have a choice in this matter? He's you know, he's paid like 12 million bucks a year. They're gonna use him. Yeah. Am I comfortable with it? No, I would love to have somebody better, but I, I, we can't have stars at every position on the team. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I so actually I, I if feel they're more stuck confident. with them, they're stuck with them. Okay. I think that's a sentiment that a lot of people have um, that they're disappointed with how he performed down the stretch, but corners um, get burned. Yeah. Yeah. And if his would, confidence gets shot, it's going to be hard to dig out of that hole, you know? Yeah. Um, playing CB one, playing on an Island, playing man coverage in a CB as CB one, when that's not really his, his strongest suit, that was tough. And then he, he was dealing with an injury. That's tough. And so, um, I think he, when you look at the history, his history, I think he's going to be, he's going to be a fine starter. So, um, you got to find somebody though, opposite, right? And if he struggles, you got to, ha- that's why you got to have that second guy. Uh, even if it's a developmental guy. So going into free agency, do you, would you prefer knowing that we have all these other contracts and all these other extensions that we've been talking about, would you prefer them to target one of the elite expensive corners and free agency? No. Would So you're saying no, no. Okay. okay. Elaborate. Tell me why. Well, th- those contracts don't usually work out when it comes to okay. free okay. agency at certain positions, like, these guys usually get to free agency because well, they're starting to hit on the downswing of their careers. And okay. the Lions will have to overpay for whoever it is because it's free agency. They're going to be competing against other teams to get the guy. And it's kind of what they did with Cam Sutton, although Cam Sutton wasn't like the super high-end free agent, although he's, you know, he's probably in like, you know, 15th, 16th highest paid corner in the league. Um, I don't know. You don't get enough of a return out of signing these free agents at, at corner as okay. much. So Jalen Johnson is, is 25, just not yet 25. And he's a free agent mainly because he didn't like the bears. <laughs> like he wanted to be treated. The perfect li- fit for the lions. Right. Um, but estimations are, he's going to demand almost up to like $19 million a year. That's too rich for you. Is that essentially yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, I, I would okay. think so. Okay. I totally get it. Um, I'm interested in him. 
personally. All right. But I but I totally get wanting being leery of that of that of a big contract like that. Totally get it. Especially with all those other contracts that we've been talking about that they have to come up with for their own guys. Next on the list is uh Legarius Need. Uh out of KC. He's oh, twenty seven. Staying in KC, he's not gonna leave. Okay. Um <laughs> He's in the $17 million range. Again, I think it falls under that same philosophy of it's probably going to cost too much. Uh, next up on, on the list here, Kendall Fuller. They're estimating, uh, PFF is estimating $13 million per year average for Kendall. How old Fuller. is he? 29. Mm. So they're saying it's three right years. At the edge. They're saying three years, $13 million per at 29. I'm a no. Years old. Hard no. Okay, so he's essentially the same. He's the he's, Cam Sutton on the market of this class. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Chidobi Uze the, of the Bengals. Right. Uh, he had an ACL injury in 2022. Came off. It looked fine last season. They uh, PFF is estimating two years, ten and a half million. He's per year, ten and a half per year, ten and a half per. Yeah, maybe um, two years. Not bad. Just under 29. He's oh, just boy. under 29 years old. I didn't realize he was that old. All right. I, I'm, I'm, okay I'm a maybe on him. So now we're talking, okay, you're paying a $10 million corner who's got starting experience, can start, and you also have Mosley, and then maybe you're drafting a guy. Now we're more in the range that I think is a little bit more reasonable. So Awuze is probably that first one. Next guy, Stefan Gilmore. He is 33 and a half. Yes. Estimating one year, $10 million for him. Give him one year, 8 million. You can play with your brother. Okay. Yep. And again, it's if he, if he, but he's at that age where he could fall bulk. Of roll I, yeah, table, that's right? I, I'm not, I'm more in the no. I was just kind of a joke. I no, threw out there. I'm more in I'm the okay. no category. I, I would get it if they re-signed Mosley, right? If they're like, Hey, Either Gilmore is going to stay ageless or Mosley is going to return. We're hoping for one of those things to happen. At thing. least it's a one-year contract. Right. Like, so it's not going to kill him in the future. Like if it's a one-year, I'm, I'm more okay with one-year deals. After that, we get into some nickels. Steven Nelson, Kenny Moore, those guys are nickels. And then it drops like Adoree Jackson is, is like the next guy. Right. Um, and we're getting into guys that aren't as Might as well uh, just keep the guys you have. Well, Sean, I mean, like Sean Murphy Bunting is an interesting guy. Played yeah. it, played at uh, CMU, right? And uh, won a Super Bowl, right? With and, the uh, Buccaneers, right? Talking about him getting like a one-year deal. Played with Tennessee last year. Tennessee's defensive line coach is coming over, so he might have mm-hmm. some familiarity yeah, with yeah. it. Like, like you know, there's a possibility. Again, if you're keeping Mosley, you add Bunting, you draft a guy. Not the worst case scenario, in my opinion. But bottom line here is they're going to have to add somebody, whether they keep Mosley or not. They're going to have to add somebody, and they're they're going to have to draft somebody too. They're, they 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 need the depth. Is Jalen Johnson a four year contract for nineteen million a year? Um, good question. Let me look. Can we I front think- load it so he gets like thirty eight million in year one? They just said. One year, eighteen point eight million. Oh, well, then, yeah, then I'm, I'm changing it to yeah. If it's one year, 
Well, I think they're estimating he's getting going to get franchised. I think is what that okay. is saying. All right, all right. Um, yeah, they, they, I mean, can, if, they have money this offseason. They could pay a guy to show up for one year. I, but I would assume <laughs> he would want a long term contract. I, I, I agree. Um, and so I do think he's a lot at the same time. I do think he's really good. Uh, so I'm, I'm at least intrigued by it. And, mm-hmm. uh, the money is, is the money's going to be tough. It's because you have so many other All guys, these other guys to pay. Yep. yep. You have to be but, certain he's going to be great for you. Fits right. what you're trying to do. So you're talking about, again, to summarize, you're talking about retaining a guy or two, plus adding a couple of guys as well and just kind of letting letting it work out but you've got to add to this group in addition to retain in this group right it's a lot of movement that has to happen at cornerback this year more movement than almost anywhere else probably more movement at cornerback than any other two positions combined right, right. maybe outside yeah, it's of a guard. bigger so there you go. Like guard, I would, I agree with you that guard is the more important position to upgrade or, or, or get settled, but the, the corner position is a lot more complicated. There's a whole lot yeah. more that has to be done, you know, with then, then at the guard position. So there, there you go yeah. for whatever that's worth. Um, yeah. Inside with branch, like you're good. Um, if you're going to, if you you have Cam Sutton who can also kick inside if you needed to at times, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I'm not as worried about that that kind of nickel spot. Uh, the outside is really the concern. And plus, you never know what they're going to do. Like, it, they're going to maybe need to make a couple moves at safety, in which case, you know, they may end up with a safety who can help branch out as well. So, safety group players under contract for next year. Ify Melifonwu, Kirby Joseph, and Brandon Joseph, uh, free agents to be CJ Gardner Johnson, Tracy Walker. Yes, Tracy was cut this week. Uh, he's so he's uh, officially a free agent, and Gardner Johnson is yeah free agent to be. Uh, it's a very interesting group compared to what we thought a year ago at this time. Uh, because mm-hmm. if he had not risen to the spot that he is now, in my opinion, they have their starters at safety. They're going to need some depth. That means you're probably going to add. Um, could you retain Gardner Johnson? I do think they could. I don't think they will at $10 million. Eh, like they probably, they, they're probably yeah, not right? interested. Yep. Um, so I, I, I don't know if he would want to settle for the money that they're going to offer him because he – thinks in his mind he's a starter uh and then i think the team's mind kirby and iffy are the starters and uh you know they moved on from tracy to save the money because he was making too much and uh it wasn't fitting his role and i don't think brandon joseph's headed anywhere uh right now again with all these practice squad guys maybe we we don't know how much they've improved so it's hard for us to ascertain where they are uh, but at, I'm looking at this saying, okay, they have two starters and no backups. And so they're going to have to add. And they may not keep either of the veterans that there. So they're probably going to add in free agency uh, because this class is not great. And if they were going to add in the class, they might add one guy and who knows when it would be. There may not be a safety drafted in the top 50 
Wow. Uh, and I, I, like there may not, I think there might be one safety that goes in the first two rounds, maybe two max. Um, the value is just not there at safety. And some of the guys after the top couple are, are there's a lot of nickel guys, right? And so that's fine. Like I said, that's fine if you're going to back up branch with like some of these guys, but they need guys that can play like free. And those guys, they need guys that are comfortable in single high. And so they're going to probably look to find those guys in free agency. And um, I don't know what the answers are, to be honest. Like they're not going to pay, um, you know, for the Antoine Winfields or the Kyle Duggars, like the starter level money. Um, I'd love to see him go get a guy like Geno Stone. Uh, but I don't, I, again, I don't think they're going to want to pay him that like 6 million or starter level money that, that it would take to get him. Right. They'll so, sign some to you. Well, not to you, but to most, including me, like a no name guy, a no name well, veteran, you know, I think I like a Deshaun Elliott type of guy. Right. Oh, like well, a, we know like him. Just, yeah. Right. But I'm saying like that level of guy, right? right. Like, like, I think if, if you can get him, uh, or if you can get that type of that type of veteran, then I think you're going to be okay. You know, there's a, there's a couple that are going to be out there and I'm interested to see, you know, where they go. And we've seen this, like we've seen the J Ron curses. We've seen the Elliot's in the past. And I expect that type of guy as opposed to like a, a Chauncey Gardner, but Hey, if Chauncey's price goes down and it's reasonable, great. I just don't think he's, I think he's going to go into the, he's going to want to hit free agency. He's going to want to test the market. And uh, we won't know what his price tag is really going to be until we're a week into that thing. Right. All right. Special teams under contract next year, Jack Fox, Michael Badgley. So kicker and punter, although they could be looking to upgrade kicker. Yeah. Um, they'll have competition. That's yeah. I think yeah, they, they, they better. Uh, <laughs> long snapper. Jake McQuaid is a free agent. Scott Daly also a long snapper restricted free agent. I don't know, they might want to go looking elsewhere. There may is there are there good ones in the uh, not in the draft. They don't have to draft. Don't Bob Quinn and draft one, but they <laughs> sign one. I mean, there's always a couple of guys, right? Like, uh, it, it's interesting. They almost always have a guy at the combine. They don't have a, a long snapper at the combine this year. Interesting. And so the fact that they don't now they also have like 330 guys, so they have a ton of other guys across the board, but they don't have any long snappers and yeah, so that a guy a couple guys off the side firing snaps between their legs so what's the they big typic- deal there yeah they typically have one guy like they have one or or two but they have none you think uh, they'd so have one just to work out the punters just to be firing snaps back at the punters I, i'm with you i'm with you um but they don't and so i think they'll give scott daly a uh a a new contract offer I don't think it'll be the the restricted tender, but I think he'll get a new contract offer. I I don't know about McQuaid. McQuaid's getting up in age. Um, they liked him, but he didn't win the job the first time. So I don't know. I, I maybe they'll find another guy. They'll. Uh, I haven't really. I don't know what the market looks like. I'm going to be honest with you. I have not looked at who's pending. Uh, who's a pending free agent at long snapper. But I expect competition at long snapper. I expect competition at kicker. And um, well, let me ask you this. 
there are a lot of people that say Detroit should draft a kicker and not just draft one, but mm. be willing to draft one high. Thoughts on that? Uh, I wouldn't. You know, I don't. Have there been Jake Moody <laughs> kicked the longest field goal in Super Bowl history for about a hundred minutes, or you know whatever the you know and he was drafted in the fourth round. But I don't know. There's not none of these guys come in and are stars after they get drafted, right? You know, it's so bizarre. Like I, I mean, you know, what do I know about kicking? But like, you think some of the a couple of these guys would come in and say, "Yeah, I, I can do it," and then do it. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't draft one. And I'm looking at the grades here on your list, and none of them are high draft picks, anyways. Yeah, um, Joshua uh, Cardi and uh, Will Richard from the yeah Will Reichard. Yeah, Reichard, he's the only yeah. guy I really know. You know, like most people, the, the Alabama kicker, <laughs> right? Know? And I and I think Harrison Mevis is going to be up there close, the Missouri kicker as well. Right. Yep. But most people know the Alabama kicker, and he's got a big leg too. He can hit from sixty. You know what I mean? So that's the guy that I think most people have pointed towards, I guess. Um, but I don't think you're going to need to draft any of these guys. No, early. they just got to keep looking, keep on earth. They watch the U. They got to watch the UFL. You know, right? They got to watch their season. Maybe there's another kick. There's a kicker in there. Look what happened with Aubrey in Dallas. Like maybe yeah. there's another one that everybody's missed on, and he's going well, to be playing that's how the they, spring. That's how they ended up with. Um, with their other kicker, um, the John, what's the Romo? They, they got yeah, Romo, Parker yeah, Romo, right? yeah, yep. yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. There, uh, Badgley's a good start. They're gonna have to add somebody else. Um, I'm not opposed to drafting one as long as it's like in the sixth or seventh round when you're basically right. just taking special, right. You're taking special teams guys at that spot anyways. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't think that they need to spend a, an early kicker draft capital on a well, kicker. No, it's right. And so like that, that is, you know, the, the big question with kicker is it's a chicken or egg thing is Dan Campbell aggressive because he doesn't trust his kicker from distance or do the lions just not keep a kicker who can hit from distance because they're going to be so aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which do you, do you, I, I know where my opinion lies on which side I'm on of that chicken and eggs uh, scenario, but do you have an opinion? Do you think it's no, I'm, I'm on the side of that, that, that he is aggressive, more aggressive because he can't trust his kicker. Okay. I know you're on the opposite side. Yeah, you I'm on the, me that. He, I know, I know yeah. that's what you're thinking. He he's he's going to be aggressive no matter what. They could have a 60. They could have the kid who can hit from 60, and he's still going to be aggressive. Like that's just his nature. Um, and so, I, you know, I, well, then you don't want it. If that's true, then yeah, they're not going to waste a draft pick on a kicker at all. Yeah, I mean, not at least not not one that the fans want, anyways. Right? Nobody's the fans really want them to spend on on the kicker this year and. I just don't think it's going to happen. All right. That's the whole roster. Yeah. So to recap, priority one or two, one A, one B, garden and corner. After that, you're going to need a defensive tackle. You're going to need, you're going to probably going to want to upgrade your edge spot and you need a starting receiver. Those are your five. 
Those are your five top needs. After that, there's going to be a lot of different depth spots, depth at safety, a couple linebackers late, more depth at corner, more depth on the offensive line, you know, like, but you have five areas to focus. Two on offense and three on defense. Go ahead. Compare that to the 2021 team, right? Yeah, you had like 12. (laughs) Everything, well, it was more than that. Everything was needs because what they they had a left tackle, they had a left guard, they had a center, they had a tight end, they had a quarterback, even though like people didn't like the quarterback, but they had an NFL starting quarterback. It wasn't like a need, right? Yeah. And they had a safety. That was it. That's the whole, yeah. they, that's all they showed up, but that's all they had going in with. And look yeah. where they are today. How they've dwindled that list down. So yeah, that, that safety. Dwindle it further. It was safety this week. That they relied on. Yeah. Right. Yep. That was so valuable to them. He was a top 10 player on the roster. Right. Is now not even a top. Now totally player. expendable. Yep. It's crazy how far they've come. Yep. Right. And it's just like, it certainly helps that every draft pick hits, you know, or at least makes the, the roster, vast majority. Yeah. Right. That may like the right now. Chase is the only draft pick not on the roster. Right. If I'm not mistaken, because every other guy, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think every other guy that they've drafted now, again, I'm probably hang speaking, on, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going through it real fast in my head here, but like Jerry was a UDFA. Craig Reynolds was, he was in the league before they got him. Chase was a seventh round pick. Green was seventh round pick. He's still on the roster. Like I, I believe of the guys that they've picked because Jefferson's still on the roster too. I think Chase is the only guy drafted. Lucas the only one. Yep. is not, that's not currently on the roster. So, all the guys they've drafted are in the roster, on the roster in some capacity. That's great. That's a that's a that's how you get to this point. Right. Every guy you draft contributes. Like that's that's how you get there. And they've got four more picks in the top one hundred to continue to add to that. Um, one of the one of the things I continue to say this offseason is don't expect the return uh, in this draft class that you've got that we saw in the, the don't expect an immediate return. Like we saw this past year where all of a sudden there's like four guys playing starting, you know, in starting roles, right. essentially yep. you're going to draft somebody in it. You're, you're probably going to draft a, a starter and that might be it. You might get one starter out of this, this class right now, but then like a year from now, four of them are starting type of thing. But right. You're, I don't expect an immediate the immediate return that you're getting beyond a player. And maybe I mean maybe you can get two. Maybe you end up or like you end up getting a corner that can start or a receiver that can start in the first round, and then you get that guard later. And then that's how you end up with like two. But like you're not going to get the the same immediate return that you've gotten because the depth on this team is just too good. But the 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 depth on the team is also so good that they aren't limited. Like they have these top five needs, but like they're not in a spot where they have to pick a guy at this spot at 29. You know what I mean? Like they're not right. 
in a position where they're like, you have to draft a D- an edge, you have to draft a corner. Would you prefer them to draft a corner edge or offensive lineman? Yeah. You know, like, yep. yeah, you, you want a defensive lineman, offensive lineman, or a corner. Those, that's that's where your needs are. That's where you want to get depth. That's where you want to upgrade. Do they have to draft it though? And with those three, absolutely not. They can they can they can take a receiver. They could take you know a different a different skill player spot where they could find ways to contribute. They don't need to, but it makes sense that that's where they would go. But it that's the great thing about building the foundation the way that they have it is the foundation sets them up to be flexible. And so we'll see where it goes. I missed two guys on the 2021 team. What's that? Punter Jack Fox and running back DeAndre Swift. So they had one of, you know, (laughs) one of their one and two, two, you know, the one A, one B running backs was covered too. But it's still still not a lot. It still wasn't a lot. Yeah. No, it was nothing. Right. Right. Like before that draft, you know, and even look, Panay started, Levi didn't, Aleem did. If he did not, St. Brown did not start until later. And um, and Derek Barnes did not start. And then Jefferson did not. Uh, I don't think, Je- I think Jefferson might have been in the rotation. But that's it. That was your draft class, too. It wasn't like your draft. It wasn't like last year. Last year was such an anomaly to be able to have four guys come out and play those huge impact roles. Like even on the bad roster, you, the, the guys just, the, the rookies still didn't break out because that's, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do, but now, now you're upgrading, right? You got some holes to fill. You can fill them. You got the money. You got some extensions to make. You can do it. You got the money. Now it just becomes, it's really going to become, upgrade and the as super you upgrade, bowl window is open well ex- it is it absolutely is that's their goal no and that, if it's not it should be no it is it has to be right like and now you want to compete with kc and san fran they're good because they're deep this is where it begins now you have your your foundation in place now you add that depth you add that depth and you're going to become a stronger, more forceful team that can swing with the big boys even better next year. And, and, and it begins now, right? They're already making moves. They, 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 they moved on from Tracy this week. They, they signed Badgley back. It's, they're little moves, but they're moves. And, they're, and they're, you're starting to get the wheels turning, and you're starting that process of re-adding guys adding new guys, getting better. And uh, it's, 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 it's going to be fun to watch the next few months unfold because yeah, I make, I'm excited to see where this team ends up. Right. There's a lot to look forward to more so than probably any other year that we've been yeah. waiting for, especially uh, since we started the show. Um, speaking of the show we got the boost in ratings in apple podcasts and in uh, spotify so that's great we appreciate that we appreciate everybody listening um do you have anything else to add i think we could wrap it up for this week no next week we're gonna um we're gonna combine preview a little bit uh i've been yeah, writing we have uh, to i've been writing a series of articles previewing the different position groups i'm through the offense i'm gonna start the defense uh uh pretty soon and uh 
just you know a handful of guys here and there and even if they're at spots that you're not you know you know maybe not thinking our priorities you know like we talked about some of the some of it's just upgrade like hey they can upgrade with this guy or if this guy falls to the right spot they can upgrade with this guy and so that's where I'm at uh, right now, slowly starting to build some some guys that I think would fit in uh, with the with the the Lions mentality. All right, that's it. That's all we got for this week. So until next time, let's go Lions.